I'm Chris Ronzio. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Take a page out of other business leaders' playbooks and get candid advice from Chris Ronzio. People, processes, productivity, and how to organize your life around it all. Trainual hosted a virtual event in 2020 centered around empathy in the workplace. The following audio is from the session with best-selling author and co-founder of Radical Candor, Kim Scott. By outlining the distinction between radical candor, caring personally while challenging directly, and ruinous empathy, Kim will provide you with a compass to guide your conversations to a more productive place. In this session, Kim will provide the framework to help people practice radical candor, foster more meaningful relationships, and become great leaders. So you're saying Bambi ruined us. <laughs> we, we're, we're all conditioned to just hide our feelings, but we've got yes. to fix it. So, so everybody that's listening in here, what's the way that you recommend giving feedback? What's the right way to approach a difficult conversation in the workplace, whether it's with a peer or a direct report? I think one of the most important things to remember is that radical candor gets measured not at the speaker's mouth, but at the listener's ear. And so I can't, I can't give you an objective, here are radically candid words and here are bad words. You know, there's, <laughs> there's not one right way. You, you've got to be able to gauge what you're, what you're thinking. But I will, I will offer you kind of an order of operations, a way to think about this. Uh, first thing is, don't dish it out before you prove you can take it. So start by soliciting radical candor, not by offering it. And, uh, and if, if, we, if you all do only one thing as a result of our time here today together, and it's this one thing, it will have been time very well spent. Think about how you're going to ask for feedback. Because if you say, do you have any feedback for me? I can already tell you what the answer is. Oh no, everything's fine. You know, so, so you're wasting your breath. So you want to make sure you ask in a way that shows you genuinely want to know the answer. And also that you ask in a way that can't be answered with, oh no, everything's fine. Do you have any, you know, is always going to get answered. Oh no, everything's fine. So Simple question that, that my coach when I was at Google, Fred Kaufman, offered to me that I like is, tell me what I could do or stop doing that would make it easier to work with me. So I like that question. However, I was, coaching, I was coaching Krista Quarles when she was the CEO of OpenTable, and she said, I hate that question. I could never imagine those words coming out of my mouth. She said, the question I like to ask is, tell me why I'm smoking crack. That's also fine. Uh, you, you've got to find the way. You pick to your ask. style. Yeah, yeah. But make sure you're not asking it that way if somebody has a relative who has a drug habit. You know, you really do have to make sure that you're aware of what's going on for the person who you're talking to. So that's so what, one. Solicit feedback. Thing I'm going to go through four things. Yeah, go ahead. And, then, and then I'll let, sorry, I babble, babble, babble. So the second thing is you really need to focus on the good stuff. Another mistake that people make about radical caners, they think it's all about giving criticism. And it's not. Part of your job as a colleague or as a leader is to paint a picture of what's possible. 
And praise is actually a much more effective tool for doing that than criticism. So you want to make sure that you are, uh, are focusing on the good stuff and offering praise and, and treating praise uh, with as much discipline as you treat criticism. Sorry, there's a truck going by. And so, so that's thing number two is praise. Thing number three is, is now you've kind of gotten yourself into a better state of mind and the other person into a better state of mind to offer criticism. And keep in mind, all of these three things can happen in like two minutes or less. So it's, right. this is not some sort of Six Sigma process I'm talking about. Um, the, the, the very best feedback I've ever gotten in my career has always happened in these impromptu two-minute conversation. So when you go into a conversation offering criticism, keep a couple of things top of mind. Be humble. I call it candor and not truth. Because if you walk into some someone, if you walk up to someone's desk and you say, I'm going to tell you the truth, they kind of, that kind of implies, I have a pipeline to God and you don't know shit from right. Shinola. And that's not, am I allowed to curse on this, by the way? Sure. <laughs> Whatever's natural for you. <laughs> uh, so, so I think you want to make sure that you're opening a conversation. And, and by candor, I sort of think it means, here's what I see. I want to know what you see. And, mm -hmm. and that kind of candor is a gift in one of two ways. It's either a gift because you're right about what you see and you're giving the person an opportunity to fix it, or it's a gift because you're wrong about yeah. what you think you see. And, but only in sharing the per with the other person your thoughts do you give them an opportunity to correct your thinking. So that's sort of giving criticism. Yeah, our last speaker, Michael Ventura, talked about the this loop of, you know, what you heard and what you understood and what yes. I said and what I thought I said. And I think that's brilliant because, you know, the, if there is a disconnect, you've got to revisit where where did we get it wrong? And, and one of the two things you mentioned will happen. So when, when you're soliciting feedback, two questions. First, do you do it by surveys or do you do it in person? I do it in, in person. I think surveys... I mean, it depends. Obviously, if I want to solicit feedback from 10,000 people, I, I can't do that in person. So I think that one of the things that is really helpful is, uh, is to, to be very clear on, on who you're, you can't build a relationship with more than five or six people. So if you're going to get feedback from your team, from your five or six direct reports, do that in person. And if you're going to get feedback from a bigger group of people, you want to do a couple of things. You want to treat the survey sort of like a, uh, it's like a fire alarm. Hmm. But you, you got to make sure you also, if you see that there's a fire happening, you got to have, a, you gotta have the, the firefighters at the ready. And right. you have to do some firefighting yourself. So for example, when I was leading a team of 700 people, I obviously couldn't solicit feedback from all 700 people. So one of the things I would do is, is sort of a, a, what I call the speak truth to power meeting. So I would speak to all the direct reports of each of my direct reports at least once a year and ask them to, to tell me what their boss could do or stop doing that would make them easier to work with. Yeah. And, and I would communicate that very openly to the boss. And it was, it was clearly part of a process. It wasn't merely 
Uh, I'm just going after the managers who I think are having problems. <laughs> it, was part, it had to be part of a routine process. Okay, so if you've got this process and you've got 700 people, the, the next question, I know a lot of people do surveys and I'm curious what, if they are, should they be confidential or should it be, you know, you know who's giving you feedback? So there is a time and a place for confidential feedback, especially when there's mistrust in an organization. So I think that if, if, you're, if you are offering a survey, I think it's okay to offer, conf, to offer people the ability to give you, it's not just okay, it's important yeah. to, to create a system that allows people to give you confidential feedback. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, I, I think it's a little bit different when you post things in a public place because you can start to get a lot of moral grandstanding that is unproductive. So, so one of the one of the things that I talk about in the book is a, a leader I know had what he called the orange box. So he became he became a leader of a team. It was a couple thousand people, so it was a big team, and there was a lot of mistrust on the team. And so he put these or an orange box near the bathrooms in a kind of a, a well feedback place, box, a feedback box, but it okay. was locked. And he gave the key to the box to someone on the team that had a lot of trust of the mm. of the broad team. And at his all hands meeting, he would he, the guy with the key would come up and open up the orange box. And this leader, who was a very introverted person, put himself on the spot week after week, saying, "Whatever the feedback is, I'm going to read it out and I'm going to address it." And I think that began, over time, the orange box emptied out and people came and talked to him directly. So you want to make sure that when you're offering anonymous feedback options, it's in the service of building trust and creating the kind of environment where people can come to you directly. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes sense. I also think when you, when you're, when you have a survey planned, and I love surveys. I was on the board of Qualtrics. I'm a big survey. I'm not anti-survey by, <laughs> by any stretch. Uh, but I think when you, when you send out a survey and you solicit feedback, one of the things that Qualtrics focuses on is you got to plan your actions. If you just elicit all this negativity and you don't do anything about it, you can create cynicism. So you got to make sure that you're using your survey like like a smoke alarm, but you also have your your firefighters at the ready. Yeah, great great example with the firefighting because as long as you're ready to go and take action, if you take yeah. the feedback and do nothing about it, it's it's useless. It's, it's probably does more harm. Yeah, I had once a boss who said, "I'm going to go on a listening tour." And he made everybody do all these PowerPoints. And then he just did what he was going to do in the first place. It was infuriating. It was just like, <laughs> look, if you want, if you're going to do what you're going to do, just do it. Don't make me create these great PowerPoints to deliver to you, which you're going to then ignore. Like, right. That's a waste of time. All right. So uh, when it comes to feedback, one of the things you, you mentioned in the book, which I had never heard this before, I don't know how common a term it is, but the, the idea of the feedback sandwich where you say yeah. something really nice, butter them up, and then yeah. you squeeze in the feedback, and then you end with something nice. And that's not the way to do it, right? Well, so there's no absolute formula for this. Uh, the problem, there's a bunch of problems with the feedback sandwich. I think it also has other less polite terms for it. Uh, so, so I think the problem is that very often when people try to boil down what they're saying to others into some kind of formula, they, they come off sounding very insincere. So they'll wind up saying something like, you know, I love your haircut 
this whole conference sucks, but what a nice blue sweater you have. Like, by the way, this whole conference is wonderful. But, uh, but that would be an example of, of a feedback sandwich where, where I'm saying, I'm talking, the positive stuff is not stuff I really, that's important or that I've given a lot of thought to. Right. Um, so, so, so it can hurt your ability to be, when you're offering praise, you want to be specific and sincere. And if you're using a formula, you're, that's, that's usually not in service of specific and sincere. And, and when you're offering criticism, you want to be kind and clear. So, so that's kind of speaker's mouth. But you also need to pay a lot of attention to listener's ear. And for a lot of people, like if you're going to give me criticism, you better just give me criticism. Because if you give me praise and criticism, I will choose to hear the praise. <laughs> so, so on the other hand, my sister, if you're going to give her praise, you better not offer it with any criticism because she will only hear the criticism. So yeah. different people are different and you've got to adjust how you're speaking. You've got to get to know the people who you're working with well enough to be able to see that. Does right. that make and sense? It, yeah. And, and showing that you care doesn't have to be a compliment. It can just be like you say in the book, you know, it's, it's, I know you want to advance your career. So here's how I'm going to help you do that. And, and I think it's great feedback. Yeah, no, I'll tell you, for me, the origin story of radical candor came in the space of time. It took a light to change on the street of Manhattan. I had this puppy, a golden retriever puppy, Belvedere, and I loved Belvedere and I loved her so much. I had never said a crossword to her. And as a result, she was totally out of control. So I'm walking her down the street. She's jumping all over the place. She jumps in front of a cab. I pull her out of the way just in the nick of time. And this man, a perfect stranger, says to me, I can see you really love that dog. That's all he has to do to show he cares for us. Yeah. He doesn't have to offer me some long compliment. Uh, he just has to see me as a human being who loves her dog in the moment. Yeah. But he says to me, you're going to kill that dog if you don't teach her to sit. Shit, he says. It's kind of very <laughs> harsh voice. And she sat. I had no idea she even knew what that meant. I kind of looked up at him in amazement and he said, it's not me, it's clear. So, and then he walked off leaving me with words to live by. So yeah. you can make a big difference if you show someone you care, but it doesn't have to be remembering their birthday or taking them out to lunch or some long drawn out thing. It's about seeing the humanity of the person in the moment. And it can take five seconds. Yeah. It's not mean, it's clear. I, I love that. Hey, thanks for listening to Organize Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review or share it with anyone in your network that you think could use this information. If you want to connect with me personally, please text me 480-531-8411 or connect with me anywhere on social at Chris Ronzio. Or you can connect with Trainual at Trainual, just like a training manual. See you next time.